Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bigly Blast. The Miles Bridges dropped 41 points on the Lakers last night in a truly dominant performance, which begs the question, how recent is your bias? How movable are your morals? Do they come with training wheels? Because as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline, I continue to wonder about a rental player who pled no contest to brutal acts of domestic violence. Then he allegedly broke a restraining order by throwing billiard balls at his ex's vehicle which is which if true means he is too troubled to care about second chances so is he really a good fit for the suns or is he the best possible player they can acquire for pennies on the dollar without losing any real capital in return i said it yesterday and i'll say it again matt ishbia received a quick lesson in valley pr when he floated the isaiah thomas trial balloon shortly after he took over so he kind of knows what's at risk here but his one of Michigan State's top boosters. He also has much better information about Bridges. He probably knows Bridges, probably has a relationship with him, and he might have a general idea how this upcoming trial date is going to look and sound. I also believe this need for an athletic wing is nothing but cover for a move that might have been in the works for quite some time because point guard and rim protector seem to be much more pressing needs, in my opinion, and in the end, and if this happens, this will be the riskiest thing Ishpia has done since trading our beloved twins. All right, today's Bickley Blast brought to you by my great friends at Chapman BMW who make luxury attainable. Find them online at ChapmanBMW.com. It's a fascinating potential dilemma, is it not? Oh, is it, is it ever? And maybe fascinating is not the right word because of the severity of the charges, but the timing of it makes it... Mm-hmm. Dicey for anybody involved. And look, there's numerous teams that yeah, want to sums. add Miles no. Bridges because of his price tag yes. of $7.5 million. Yes. The fact that he is a, a, a pure rental uh, and the fact that with this timetable of legal proceedings makes the price tag for what, what you need to get him a little mm-hmm. bit smaller. But yes. the question where it comes to me is if, if the Suns, and I'm, I'm not going to sit here and advocate one way or the other. Everybody can have their own opinion on mm-hmm. that, uh, whether or not they want to go down that road in pursuit of a championship. But it just seems to me, as we get closer to the deadline, that that lure of a championship, that carrot that's out there in front of everybody it starts to change your thinking a little bit. And I think there are teams that are better equipped to sweeten a deal for Miles Bridges. Mm-hmm. He's going to be playing somewhere. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless you know, mm-hmm. this February 20th hearing comes back with bad news. But he will be traded. Mm-hmm. And and if he's got veto power, it means he can kind of help dictate where he's going to go, which would be the ace in the hole if he were the Phoenix Suns. Then the question becomes this. Like you said, is there a feeling that the Suns don't have enough as they're currently constructed? And if that is the case, how comfortable are you with that, given the fact that this window is relatively small? You think about Kevin Durant at age 35. I don't. How much longer do you expect Kevin Durant to be performing at this level? We all knew going in this was a two to three year kind of deal to get that championship. So if say the Suns play the Bucks at full strength tonight, we don't know what the Bucks are going to be at full strength. Say they get pasted by 25. Will that change? 
the way you feel as a Suns fan about a possible addition of a polarizing player like Miles Bridges? It's weird that you ask that question because my personal experience, I don't remember ever a year where my confidence level increases and decreases so much Mm -hmm. from from game to game. Yes. You went from that seven-game winning streak... And then you know the road trip continued. That first loss on the trip was a very discouraging loss to Indiana. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. I want to research this, but, and I haven't been able to figure out how to do it yet. Uh-huh. How many teams score 80 points mm-hmm. in a half of a basketball game and lose? The Suns did that. It's hard to do. And then you get you know a very sturdy effort against Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And then you follow that up with the with the loss at Atlanta. It 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 it's just such a roller coaster ride with this team. Yeah. That, you know, we could be talking well, about this tomorrow morning. Like, okay, maybe you do go down that road. Nate. I, I, I don't know. And again, you have to acknowledge the Michigan State connection here because it yes. is meaningful. Because I do believe that if this is happening, I do believe it's happening based on based on the relationship Matt Ishbia would have. Because Matt Ishbia is the basketball team's number one booster. And, and Miles Bridges did play for Tom Izzo at Michigan State. So I'm sure these two guys know each other. I'm sure conversations can be had or have been had. And if Matt Ishbia feels comfortable about what is in front of Miles, not what's behind him. Because I think we all agree people deserve a second chance. Even Miles Bridges' ex has said so on social media. So the, so the it, no one's arguing that. But you also don't want to bring in a deeply flawed person into your community, and which is why I say if you're Matt Ishbia, you got to be right about this one. If you pull the trigger on this proverbial trade and you bring him in, you better know that Miles Bridges is going to be a model basketball player and a model Arizonan. You better be sure about that because that's the risk. Because if you bring him in pre-conclusion of the, of the legal process he's in right now, you, you, you inherit it all. It's kind of it's th- th- those are kind of the facts here, yeah. Right, but and at the look, same there's, time, there's teams having yeah. the same discussions all oh, around the absolutely. league. Absolutely, this is not just in no, Phoenix. Uh, no. But but again, it's right. It, but and and hopefully they're having the same discussions. The communities are having the same discussions in the cities that are talking about this because I think it's appropriate. But at the same time, it, 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 he is charged with delivering a championship to, to to Phoenix, Arizona. And if you look at this basketball team, like Vin- Vinny said, it kind of changes on a night to night basis. And and I know the fan base is mixed. I used that anecdote yesterday. Just last week, as I was leaving a gym I rarely ever go to, some guy just screamed at me, We need Bridges, Bick! We need him! We gotta have him, man! We're not going to win anything without him. He was talking about uh, Don Johnson's <laughs> television show, Nash Bridges. <laughs> no. <With> Cheech. <laughs> right. Uh, I... It's it's interesting that so many teams are potentially interested in Miles Bridges now when no one was interested in him in the offseason. And he had to sign the qualifying offer from Charlotte to get back in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do wonder if the Suns look at this team and they see this, um, they obviously see all the same up its ups and downs as we do. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking, we need this offseason to assemble this team. This was almost like a test year with the big three. We signed all these guys on either one-year deals or team option deals. We're going to have to remake the roster anyway. Yeah, That's when we put together a championship. Now we know what we need in the offseason, and maybe they don't 
go all in on the but there's the well, they, they, but well there's no uh, way what, like, what are you going all in on next year if you've got Bradley Beal Kevin Durant and Devin Booker at, at maxing out your payroll well, you re, you what, re, are you, what are you going all in on you're, you're not adding diff- Miles Bridges <laughs> not, yeah. I, not adding Miles Bridges now and then signing different kinds of players this offseason that's going to happen regardless yeah there's so many one year guys that aren't working out right mm-hmm. now that that's those right. guys are going to be They're, replaced those by guys a new crop yes, of one year guys exactly Exactly. So, and I don't think you can, how picky are you going to be able to be? Only moderately so. There'll be some guys who will want to be part of it. And and like you said, there's a lot of one-year guys that this hasn't worked for that will not be here. It's it's fascinating because tick-tock, tick-tock, trade deadline right around the corner. But another name that's been linked to the Suns, a couple of other names. I mean, Miles Bridges is a very good basketball player. Mm-hmm. Nobody can begrudge him of that. And again, 41 points last night. Um, he had a bad game against Oklahoma City a couple of games ago, but he's been on a roll as mm-hmm. of late, uh, which makes this even more intriguing. Uh-huh. And I just completely forgot what I was going to say. Other guys. Like Dorian, <laughs> oh, Finney, no, no. Dorian oh. Finney-Smith would be a fantastic Not coming here. Royce O'Neal was the name I was going to right. say. Jay Sean Tate from Houston. Good Athle- player. Athletic yes. wings. Yes. My, and less risk involved. Mm-hmm. But do the Suns have enough to get it done? That's, and the, the, answer, the, the answer I'm guessing is probably no. Yep. Coming up next, we will get into some NFL draft talk. Different mocks around the league have different things pro, uh, projected for the Arizona Cardinals at number four. Some interesting stuff, too. We'll get into it next. Bickley Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. It's Luke. What do you want to see from the Phoenix Suns when they face the guy who took the 2021 NBA title away from them? We're getting you ready for Suns Bucks at 10 a.m. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Surprising to yeah, see because I mean, it's true for the Cardinals. The Cardinals make her further ahead than the Patriots, to be honest. And I was happy with a lot of the things I saw, how competitive they were last year. But yeah, I think you just. You know, a lot of personnel people over the years have really stressed, and I really trust stress, you do not pass up on great players. Mm. You just go take the great player. And if you have them graded as a great player, just, just don't mess around with it. Because once you get a collection of great players, if you do a good job of evaluating, you know, that you have a chance to be special and, and compete for Super Bowls and sometimes keep a window open for championships. So uh, go get a great player and worry about everything else later. I mean, there's free agency, there's drafts. Rome's not built in a day. So you've got to gotta go get great players when you have an opportunity. And obviously, if he fell into the Cardinals' lap, I mean, you got to snap that up. That is draft analyst Lance Zerline from NFL on Network, NFL.com. He was mm. on with Wolf and Luke yesterday. And Wolf always sounds like he's tasting something He delicious. does, right, yeah. Right like, in the middle of an interview. Right, exactly. You mm. don't, like he's yeah. got a nice salted caramel in his mouth. You don't, mm. you don't pass on good players. Mm. Uh, Anyway, the point there from Lance Erlein was uh, Marvin Harrison Jr., if he's available at four, you run to the podium. You take him. (laughs) However, Lance Erlein, in his latest mock draft on NFL.com, his first mock draft in this whole process, does not have the Cardinals taking Marvin Harrison Jr. at number four. Mm. That's because he's got the New England Patriots taking Marvin Harrison Jr. at number three, passing on the quarterback, and has got the Cardinals taking Roma Dunze, the wide receiver from the University of Washington, at number four, which right now, this can all change. A lot's going to change between now and the end of April when this draft hits. 
If Marvin Harrison Jr. is not there at four, I could see Monty Austin Fort saying, we got a bunch of needs. I, and this is not a knock on, on Roma Dunze. But there's a drop. No, off. yeah. Oh, listen, I, I don't. I, yeah, I don't select him. I, I like Adunze. No. I like Malik Neighbors a lot. Uh-huh. Marvin Harrison Jr. From all accounts is one of the cut top above. wide yeah. receiver prospects to come into the league in the uh-huh. last quarter century. Yeah, listen, and so so I think at that point in time, if that's the case, I think you as as a general manager of the Cardinals, you lock in on Fashano, the the great offensive lineman from uh, Penn State, and, and or you, Joe Alt. Yeah. Okay. Okay, and, and and then you kind of I think then you go from there. But I I would be really surprised. You know, we, the the Patriots have they're ushering up in a brand new head coach in Jared Mayo, and they don't have a quarterback. And so it, the one thing I don't I, I think that you're going to want if you're an, a fresh quarterback is a quarterback to give you some runway to grow uh-huh. with to give you s- some security. If you start doing these you know these nickel and dime replacements that they've been doing, you're going to be fired in two years, maybe three. Yeah, look at, look at the Colts the last like f- five years prior to this year. Yeah, but in this and, the, mock, and then Washington too. Yeah, but in this mock draft, Zerline's got. Williams going one, Jaden Daniels two, Drake May falling, and the Patriots saying no thanks to Drake May. He explained that logic, at least in this version of a mock draft to Wolf and Luke. I just think the Patriots are not going to say, well, let's just you know take the third quarterback and just hope it works out as opposed to taking you know the best guy. So I had them taking the best guy, and you'll worry about quarterback either next year or you worry about it later in this draft, or you worry about it in free agency or through trade. But I'm not passing on a great talent like Marvin, uh, like Marvin Harrison Jr. for a guy I'm not as sure about at the third quarterback spot. And now, and that makes logically that yes. makes sense, except for the fact that most draft experts say there's a dearth of good quarterbacks next year. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean somebody isn't going to pop. They will. They, they, they will. Do. They always yeah. do. Yeah. But but going in, it is not considered to be 2025 is not going to be a good NFL draft for quarterbacks. That's what the early word is among talent evaluators. So I then so you have to factor that in that if you don't get it this year, you're really going to be struggling to get it next year. Now, if the Patriots have a plan to get a different quarterback that they like, you know, whether it's Kirk Cousins or or you name it, the, the Russell they, Wilson. Boy. <laughs> Wow, I mean, there's not that there much is, out there. Yeah, there is, the, yeah, there is the Russell Wilson piece, and and Russell Wilson is going to be attractive because the Broncos are going to be paying most of his salary, if not all of it. <laughs> that that does make him more attractive. Uh, oh, much more, <laughs> right? Yeah. So yeah, it, it. So so to me, I, I don't I don't really know what to make of this. I have a hard time really seeing in my mind's eye Jaden Daniels getting all the way to three. He's just so slight of build. It just seems to me that that would be a dangerous. That would be a uh, that would be a reach. It's it's weird that you say that too, because I mean, obviously, watched Jaden Daniels very closely for three years mm-hmm. when he was at ASU, and that was the one takeaway. And you're watching him play quarterback, you're like, wow, he's very, very thin, mm-hmm. and he doesn't look that much different now. But wait, his weight somehow went up over the 200 mark. <laughs> I didn't like see six, that scale. He was like 6'4", right. 175 right. Yeah. when he got to, and, and, and you know, your eyes can be deceiving. I get it. He is dynamic. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, there's no doubt about that. But again, there's a lot of dual threat dynamic quarterbacks in college that, that, are, that don't hold up. Or it, it's, There's a little RG3 coming off of him, in my opinion. Yeah, so you, I'd, I'd be real careful about that. That's why I think Bo Nix is going to make a move. Yeah, a lot of uh, draft talk. 
is available to you at ArizonaSports.com. And speaking of draft talk. Destination Detroit. From the freeway of love. And a pink Cadillac. It's time for our next qualifier for Destination Detroit. Carla Cruz from Eloy. You got 10 minutes to give us a call, Carla. 602-260-9870 to qualify for your chance to win a trip for two to the 2024 NFL Draft in Detroit. If Carla doesn't do that, we're going to open up the phone lines to somebody else to uh, steal that qualifying spot. And if you didn't hear your name and you're not entered, you can still qualify by texting DRAFT to 620-620. Wolf and Luke are going to call out another name at 1220 today. Carla Cruz from Eloy. 10 minutes to give us a call, 602-260-9870. Coming up next, Patrick Mahomes, Super Bowl veteran. His opposing quarterback, Brock Purdy, not so much. We'll tell you what the 49er signal caller has to say next. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. People can overlook you, may not think you're the biggest, the fastest, the strongest, but man, if you believe in yourself and you think that you have what it takes and you truly do believe that and you don't give up on it, then you can achieve it. I'm not saying you have to hold on to that idea in itself because you'll be so consumed with it and if you don't get it, then you're going to obviously be upset with it and not be able to move on, but believe in yourself and, and give it give it a shot because you never know. You never you know leave a stone unturned. Like That's sort of the mindset. Hopefully, I've been able to give people belief, whether it's football, baseball, it doesn't matter what sport. It's Brock Purdy, the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers, on being, hopefully, being an inspiration to others. That's from a Super Bowl opening night last night. And we are down to under two minutes for Carla Cruz to give us a call at 602-260-9870 to qualify for Destination Detroit, trip for two, uh, to see the NFL draft in Detroit. If uh, Carla doesn't do that, we're going to open up the phone lines to somebody else. Come on, Carla! Jump into that. Uh, we were three it's for Detroit. Th- we were three for three yesterday, mm. stationwide. Good. So it's up to you, Carla, to keep this streak alive. 602-260-9870. If you are in Eloy right now yeah. and no Carla, yeah. grab her and send her to the phone. I've, I mean, I've lived in Arizona most of my life. I've never been to Eloy. Really? In fact, I don't even know where it is. <laughs> it's in Arizona, Vinny. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Big. I'll take Arizona uh-huh. geography for two thousand. Uh-huh. Uh, mm-hmm. This Brock Purdy story, game manager, he can't get away from it um, by circumstance. He's the quarterback of a team that's loaded with great offensive talent. But I ask you this: mm-hmm. Have we ever seen a game manager? And we've seen them all. Uh, you know, a, a lot of them throughout NFL history, for Super Bowl teams even. Game managers don't throw for 4,200 yards. They don't throw 31 touchdown passes. They don't have a top 15 quarterback rating for a single season all time in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, this is one of the things that I can't stand about the criticism of Brock Purdy. And by no means am I a San Francisco 49ers fan. Right. But this is this is universal for me. You can't criticize a quarterback for having too much talent and then you can't excuse a quarterback for not having enough talent. That seems to happen a lot in the NFL. Yeah, listen, uh, yes. I don't think the phrase game manager really fits Brock Purdy at all. A couple different reasons why. You look at Brock Purdy, he makes a lot of plays with his legs. He's He's deceptively quick and nimble. Deceptively. You look at him and you think he's kind of going to be like Josh Rosen. Yeah. Right, kind of statuesque and and not mobile, and he's he's very mobile. 
He, he some of the biggest plays in their win over the mm-hmm. Lions in the NFC Championship game were were, were him scrambling, yes. and making plays with his yes. legs. Yes, yes, and then and then okay, the game manager uh, thing gets thrown at Brock Purdy because there are weapons on the 49ers offense that are more important than him. At, at least that's the perception that when you look at Christian McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey is their MVP. I think we all agree on that. Debo Samuel, they can't win without him. And then there's the George Kittle factor, and, and they've got the best left tackle in football. So I think when you throw it all together, his place on the pecking order in San Francisco is kind of what feeds this narrative, even though this narrative is not accurate, in my opinion. Yeah. And look, you mentioned earlier in the show covering the 2000, uh, the, the Super Bowl, Brady. First win when when New England beat Kurt Warner and the Rams. I imagine there was still a lot. It might have been called something different at the time, but I'm sure there was a lot of talk about Tom Brady. Is Tom Brady enough quarterback for the Patriots to win a Super Bowl against the mighty Kurt Warner and the greatest show on turf? There's no way that's going to happen. And Brady's numbers, his first year as a starter. We're nowhere close to what Brock Purdy's are. Now, did he have the same weapons? Maybe not, but I Should they put I, Drew Bledsoe back in? I think Remember that starts that? with with draft position. Mm-hmm. They were they, they had the doubts about Brady's a sixth round pick. How good could he be? They don't fall through the cracks, Mister Irrelevant. How good could he be? Yeah. He's proving how good he is. Yeah, and there's a great story that Kyle Shanahan told about his owner, Ned York, who basically got involved in the discussions and said, what are you guys talking about here? If you think he's that good, don't t- take him. Yeah. And it, uh, maybe because it just, it's just odd. Well, because right. Shanahan was, he's, I have to have this guy, even yeah. if it's late in the draft. And, and the story was there was a lot of other coaches on the staff that are like, we just don't see it. Patrick Mahomes has seen it, apparently. He, he talked about his counterpart. He, he's done a great job in these last two years that he's played. I haven't got to play him yet, but he he's a, he does a great job extending plays. He does a great job making the throws. I mean, he's a winner. I mean, I saw that. I didn't play him at, when he was at Iowa State, but when he was at Iowa State playing against my Red Raiders, he was winning. And I mean, he's always been a winner, and that's what it takes in this league. It's not always the flashy plays. Can you go out there and win? He, he does both the flashy and he wins football games. When that Patrick Mahomes soundbite started playing, mm-hmm. I had a smile on my face. I looked at the glass through the glass, and Jared had a smile on his. Face. It's impossible. <laughs> to kind of chuckle. It sounds like a blender on low. <laughs> if a blender on low had a baby with Kermit the Frog, <laughs> wow. I always thought he sounded more like Grover than. Uh, listen, I, I I think that I, I do think that in terms of narratives, we uh, we've never seen a Super Bowl like this. I think we saw Steve Young versus Stan Humphreys once. Is that right? Yes. When they, okay, yeah. and that was not pretty. But we've never seen the potential goat against Mister Irrelevant. I mean, these this is a script. This is truly a Disney script. And will be if Brock Purdy wins this game. But my point being, if you go back to 2001, it wasn't as, I mean, it was Kurt Warner had already carved out his spot mm-hmm. as, as you know, this guy is for real. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady he was the MVP, right? That yeah, year? Tom Brady was the, the quote unquote Mr. Irrelevant. And then look at all these years later, how we're talking. Mm-hmm. Kurt Warner was the one that had the movie made about him. Yes. And Tom Brady wound up being the GOAT. Oh, make no mistake. Tom Brady's going to have a movie made about him. Oh, my goodness. Because <laughs> he'll be the one making it. Right. His, he'll star his as himself. Co- yes. He'll be production. 60 years old and he'll star it, it, as a 20 right, year old right. Tom Brady. Exactly. Yeah. And the first scene will be he'll be sitting on the bed in his underwear. <laughs> 
Remember that famous picture of Tom Brady yeah. shortly after his divorce? Speaking, ah. speaking of Kurt Warner, uh, yeah, he joined Wolf and Luke yesterday uh, about the Brock Purdy discussion and talked about uh, it being unfortunate that everybody can't celebrate what Purdy's doing. So if you look at the entirety of the year, I think he played the best quarterback of anybody in the National Football League this year. Um, and it's just unfortunate that we can't celebrate this kid who's also in his second year. You know, that's the other argument that I always have is like, let him write his story. Why are we trying to write his story after two years? He's been incredible. He's in the Super Bowl in his second year, yet we want to try to decide if he's as good as Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen. Give him time to write the story. I don't know how good Brock Purdy will be. Will he be a good quarterback? Will he be a really good quarterback? Will he be a great quarterback? I don't know the answer to that yet. He's played really good football in the time that he's been in there and he will have a chance to have to carry his team at some point and that will be the time that we can write this narrative on what he is. It's just unfortunate that we're trying to write this narrative at this point in his career when there's no need for it. I totally agree with Kurt Warner. Think, think about this. If if Brock Purdy has a great game He'll get a, a huge contract. Everyone will change their tune. This guy is a franchise court. If he has a terrible game in the Super Bowl, there's going to be the whole offseason. Do the 49ers need to replace him next year? Man, true. But if he's terrible, yes. Yes, he's terrible. Yes. He's had, what, one bad game in his career? Go back to last well, year. Through the playoffs, everybody's like, oh, let's see what he could do. No. When, when, you know, what, what happens in the playoffs? And he was winning in the playoffs, and he got hurt in like the third or fourth play of the NFC Championship game. Then this season, it was like, oh, last year might have been a fluke. Let's see what he can do in a full season. And he, you heard Kurt Warner say it. Nobody breaks down quarterback play like Kurt Warner. The best quarterback play in the league this year, top to bottom, was, was Brock Purdy. <laughs> well, right. No, listen, and, and I, I believe just about everything that Kurt Warner says. I, but I will also say this. Uh, Brock Purdy has needed really good second halves to beat teams in the playoffs that were clearly um, not the greatest defenses in the NFL. Whereas Patrick Mahomes went on the road and beat the Bills defense, which ranked fourth, I believe, yeah. and the Ravens, which ranked one. Lions are a good team. They're not mistaken for a great defense. And who did the 49ers beat before the Lions? Who'd they have Green before? Bay. Yeah, the Packers. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, they're they're okay. And and so I think I, that's why I just think this thing with Brock Purdy, it's going to be an issue until it's not. Yeah, but it wasn't uh, Kyle Shanahan calling out Brock Purdy for embarrassing play. That's right. It was Steve no. Wilkes calling out the 49ers defense for mm-hmm. their embarrassing play. Mm-hmm. And that was the word he used. Mm-hmm. All right. I'm looking forward to this Super Bowl, man. I really, really am. I am, too. Um, I think it's going to be a really good matchup. Kayla Cruz did not call within the 10-minute window. Carla. Carla. Uh, Carla Cruz, sorry. Uh <laughs> I didn't have the name in front of me. My bad. Thank you for correcting me. Well, it doesn't matter. Doesn't she matter. didn't call anyone. Did, Kayla didn't call. Who, who Carla didn't call. Nobody named Cruz called. Todd Cruz. Penelope <laughs> Cruz. Jose Cruz Jr. Pablo Car- Cruz. Carnival Cruz. <laughs> uh, so now we're opening up the phone lines. Uh, Vic, can I have a caller number? Caller number six. Vinny. Caller six right now. 602-260-9870. You will jump into the spot vacated by Carla not calling in. You will be qualified for Destination Detroit. Trip for two to see the NFL draft in Detroit. Again, uh, caller 6, 602-260-9870. Coming up next, our weekly visit with the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, Bobby Hurley. Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
This is the Sun Devil Fast Break with ASU men's head basketball coach Bobby Hurley. The Sun Devil Fast Break is presented by Accident Law Group. That tough weekend at home for the Sun Devils last weekend against Stanford and Cal. They dropped both of those. They've uh, lost four straight going into this week's action against Colorado and Utah on the road. Every Tuesday, we talk to the head coach of the Sun Devils, Bobby Hurley, and he uh, joins us right now on the Arizona Sports Line. Bobby, good morning. How are you? Pretty good. Good morning, guys. Uh, good morning to you. Uh, you know, coming out of that weekend, uh, and I, I, I saw your, your post-game press conference after the Cal game on Saturday, and I know there's a lot of frustration involved. Uh, things are just, I, there's no way to sugarcoat it. Not going well right now, but since that time has passed from, from, from last weekend, what has stuck in your craw the most about your team's performance in those two games? Well, uh, I just think overall it's uh, our defense. You know, I don't think we were ever built to be a juggernaut on offense. And we, uh, we've we struggled to, to get stops and teams have shot over the last four games around 50% from the field. So we just haven't haven't done the, done the work necessary at the defensive end of the floor uh, in, in order to give us a chance to get out in the open court and, uh, and get some easier shots. If you just allow the other team to continually score the basketball, get a chance to set up their defense, uh, in the instance with Stanford, you know, I thought we had control, a pretty good control of that game through a large part of it. Uh, didn't play well down the stretch. Uh, I thought we got tired, you know, late in that game, uh, weren't able to get the stops. They really kind of bullied us around the basket. Uh, you know, lost Sean Phillips late in that game. He got punched in the head, had to get a number of stitches. Uh, so we lost him. Uh, and, and they were able to take advantage of that down uh, down the stretch around the basket. I have to do a better job with uh, with, with our team working against zone defense. We were uh, zone offense. We were really bad uh, in, in that game just with our movement. And uh, you know that's on me to to put together a better game plan for our team against that style of defense. Uh, as far as Cal goes, it was it was fifty percent from the field overall, fifty percent from three. So we just have to get better at that end of the floor. Uh, a coach knows better than anybody when things start to go south a little bit what the level of buy-in and what the level of internal belief is. Where does this team rank on that meter with you? How, how fixable are some of these issues? I mean, it's uh, not unusual that a team would go through a stretch like this. Uh, you know, we had uh, we were going to play in Oregon for first place, and uh, you know that seems like an eternity ago. Uh, you know, that's where the struggles began, really, in that second half of the Oregon game, and 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 we, you know, it, it snowballed from there. So we have to uh, we have to stop the bleeding. This is a big week for us. Uh, you know, a huge challenge in front of us with two teams that are uh, extremely good at home and having really good seasons. Talking with Bobby Hurley, the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils, here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings. I, I know after the Cal game, he said, I'll take that second half effort uh, every game as a coach from here on out. And it was a little bit different look. And you went big to start the half with Sean Phillips and Alonzo Gaffney on the court. I, I thought both of those players did some really nice things in the second half. Is that a look you expect or, or we could see more to go with, with two bigs on the floor together? Yeah, I think with Sean, it was it was going to take time. You know, he lost so much time with his foot injury, and he's a young player to begin with that doesn't have a lot of basketball under his belt. So it was going to he needed you know a number of games in order to to build you know foundation up. But I think we're getting to the point that if he could uh, you know keep himself out of foul trouble, that 
that he's a guy that I'd like to have on the floor a lot more, and I like the combination of him and, and Alonzo Gaffney because of their length and their size. And you know, I think that would potentially make our interior defense better and, and, and hopefully our rebounding. You referenced how your team wasn't necessarily built to, to kind of shoot the lights out. And Vinny and I, we kind of share the same thing when we watch college basketball in general. It seems there's a dearth of really good shooters. Is that the case? Are there not as many good shooters available, or is it harder with the NIL struggles that ASU has had to get them? What, what, what's the missing link in finding good shooters these days? Well, I mean, we need NIL. uh, I'm never going to tell you guys that that's not a big part of the equation. It's, uh, it's, I mean, it's huge. So uh, certainly we need that. Um, but as far as that, I mean, I, I watched my brother go on his run and, and win a championship last year, and, and a lot of it was predicated on shooting. And, you know, so that was a priority. I just didn't do a good job of it. Um, you know, we, we and we also have guys that are unavailable that we thought would be shooters. Uh, you know, Bryson Long has had an unfortunate medical situation. Zane Meeks hasn't been available for, for months now. Uh, those were two two guys specifically brought in, you know, to shoot the basketball. I thought Adam Miller would be shooting it better and, and more consistently. And, uh, you know, I, I think there's a correlation between us playing well and Adam Miller playing well and at the offensive end because he, he will never cheat you on, on effort and, and he's a worker. Uh, we just got to get some better better quality offense uh, out of him, hopefully, and, uh, and we'll hope to find ways from a coaching standpoint to make things a little bit easier for him. Bobby Hurley, the head coach of ASU, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Line. Uh, second half against Cal, Jose Perez did not play in the second half. Uh, wasn't a whole lot of elaboration. You just called it a coach's decision. Going into this yeah. weekend, going on the road, what is Jose's status? Is it, or, or there was, is there uh, there was an update? incident right at the end of the half with Jose, and so it, it was my judgment, uh, you know, not not to play him in the second half, and that was punitive in its own right. And you know, we spoke at, at great length yesterday, and when Jose spoke with the team, and Jose's a winning player, he wants to win. He's frustrated, like we all are, and uh, unfortunately, there was there was a minor incident. And uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I've moved on, and we'll we'll try and get to get to practice today and uh, work on getting ready for Colorado and Utah, but. Uh, you know, if if Jose practices the way I wouldn't expect him to in the next two days, then, then I believe he'll play on there Thursday. There you go. What is uh what is foundational for you when it comes to this uh col- game in Colorado? What is the one thing you want your guys locking in on, Bobby? Well, they're a very good offensive team. They have uh, you know three players that are currently uh, projected to be first round picks if they were to enter the draft. Uh, you know, KJ Simpson, De Silva, Cody Williams. So they have a big three as Cal did. We were not good at, at negating any of the, the best players from Cal and slowing them down enough uh, defensively to have the impact we need. So we need to find a way to uh, make things difficult as we can for those players. Uh, they're a very good offensive team, you know, top three in the conference in scoring offense and 39% from three. They're second in the league in, in three point shootings and they're, you know, top three in rebounding. So there's a lot of categories that they're very good at. Uh, so we, you know, we just have to play really good basketball. I mean, we have to start guarding people, trying to get stops, play play efficient on offense as we can, and uh, and deal with that. You know, that's a tough swing yeah, for any any Pac-12 team to go to the mountains. It's not not easy. Bobby, as always, we appreciate the time and uh, good luck this week. We'll Damn. talk to you next Thank Tuesday. Thank you, Bobby.
Appreciate it, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Bobby Hurley, the head coach of the Arizona State Sun Devils. Can't Our believe guest. we're dealing with this again. Struggling <laughs> Sun Devil basketball team. It's, it's, just, so, it's so groundhog But one day. of the things that, that Bobby Hurley deals with and every coach is dealing with right now, and I found this interesting because I was re-watching the, the Cal game, and it just seemed like every time somebody touched the ball, there was a, a, a reference to transfer from. So I went through the Cal roster and the ASU roster, do you know how many different schools the rosters of those two teams collectively have represented in their college careers? No. How many? Div- I'm only talking about Division right. One because there's a lot of community college right. guys, too. 24. <laughs> ASU's roster has has worn 13 different Division One uniforms. 11 for Cal. And it, it, I mean, it's like that with, with every team, but that's just yeah. one of the things that challenges that Bobby Hurley and all these coaches have now is putting together these teams coming from all over the country. Mm-hmm. And you think you got them together, and it, it's it's just, man. Look, and as he here. said, you need money to get good players in yeah. college basketball these days. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks again to Bobby Hurley for joining us. Coming up next, Jared Carlin will take us through some Tuesday social studies. It's Pickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You've been listening to the Sun Devil Fast Break with ASU men's head basketball coach Bobby Hurley. The Sun Devil Fast Break was presented by Accident Law Group.